welcome to the Electric Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated entirely to sports and only sports. On today's episode, we talk U.S. soccer, and here is your host, Ty Crystal. All right, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. Nice to have you back on the USMNT show. Uh, yeah, you guys have probably been wondering, hey, where's that show that you promised us for this next week? Well, it's here. I was waiting for the roster to come out, and now it's here as we speak Thursday afternoon. Uh, very excited to talk about the roster. And I kind of changed up the game plan. Last week I told you guys, hey, we'll have a have a show out previewing more in-depth the individual games coming up. But, you know, I figured we'd go over with the roster and then next Monday we'll do a more in-depth show preview type of type of thing. So yeah, we're gonna talk about this roster. Um, initial thoughts. Glad that there's 26 names on here. Um, I was hoping for a couple more, but hey, it just uh, works the way it works. Overall, though, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm super happy with the roster. I mean, for the most part, is it is a good roster. Uh, lots of of good players. It'll be a strong starting eleven. Um, even some of the backups will be productive, but when it comes down to it, there are some names on here that I'm not thrilled about. I'm sure some of you aren't thrilled about either, and we'll talk about them and, and kind of uh, get some thoughts out there. Now, we do have to keep in mind, there is multiple windows of this World Cup qualifying process. You know, this is not just, this is not just a short tournament like we've seen over the last couple appearances for the U.S., whether it was the Gold Cup or Nations League, right? Like, there'll be multiple chances for different guys to get in there. Just because these 26 were named to this first camp roster does not mean it'll be the same 26 people all the way through um, to the next the next camp and after that going forward. So, you know, we got September window now. We got the October window, November window, January window, and February and... Uh, into February, and then the March window too. So, you know, we have, if I count correctly, four more windows to see more players, to see some different players, and and hopefully really kind of iron out the squad leading into this summer preparation, well, next summer's preparation, I should say, for the World Cup. However, we decide to go for um, preparation in friendlies and stuff. Uh, assuming that we do qualify, which I, I feel with that we will. And then we have to really figure out who's the best group of people to take to that uh, World Cup in Qatar. Because by all accounts, you'd imagine it would be only a 23-man roster and most things would be back to normal. Uh, and we'll have to just see uh, who comes to the top as we go through these World Cup qualifiers. So let's talk about the 26 names that Greg Parhalter has called in to the USMNT's first camp for games against El Salvador on the road, Canada in Nashville, and the game at Honduras to close out the window. Uh, very important games here to start off the qualifying process. So let's start with the goalkeepers. All three goalkeepers that I think we all expected and wanted, however you want to put it, uh, to see in here are in here. Zach Steffen from Manchester City, 23 caps so far. Ethan Horvath from Nottingham Forest, seven caps so far. And Matt Turner from the New England Revolution with seven caps as well. Uh, all three of these guys, obviously the top three. You would even say to some degree that there is a possibility any of them could start moving forward. I mean, when it comes right down to it, do we have a real starter amongst this group uh, that sticks out in anyone's mind? 
I don't necessarily know if I would definitively say yes. I hope that Greg has that starter that sticks out in his mind and he'll name that starter. Um, you know, like I've said on past shows though, I probably would go with Matt Turner just based on his gold cup performance. And of the three goalkeepers on the list, he's the one I have the most trust in to make saves. You know, he's not going to necessarily play as well with his feet, but when it comes to making those important saves, I have a lot of faith in him. Not as much when it comes to the other two. We've seen Stefan once so far for Manchester City uh, to start the season. Matt Turner's been playing all year in MLS for New England, and, and Horvath has been getting a couple cup starts for Nottingham Forest, but I feel like he could be taking over the regular number one position before too long because their normal goalkeeper there at Nottingham Forest is not playing very well, I guess, to open up the season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to point to a, a starter, in my opinion, here. If it were up to me, I'd go with Turner. I am sure... Um, I'm sure... Burhalter will probably go with Stefan, though. That seems to be his guy that he trusts the most. When it comes to snubs, I really don't think there's any snubs we can talk about in the goalkeeping position. You know, if Ochoa is going to the Mexican national team, then I don't really think you can call that a snub. And the only guy that I would want to see besides any of these three is Sean Johnson. But if we didn't see one of these three and Sean Johnson was called in over him, I would be a little annoyed with it unless there was a good reason so uh goalkeeping positions all correct in my opinion right like i think it was all three choices were correct so all right let's talk about uh the defense here we'll start with the right backs and then we'll go uh to the left backs then finish out with the center backs so right backs are is interesting i think because we have deandre yedlin and Serginho Dest. Now, I find it interesting because I feel like this competition for this backup right-back position came down to Yedlin and Moore and maybe Cannon. But I think, you know, we'll talk about him in a minute. So obviously, it definitely come down to Yedlin and Moore, and Yedlin got the edge over Moore. Now, I'm not super uh, broke up about that one. I did say that I wanted to see Moore over Yedlin. But when we talk about the experience Yedlin brings to the table, his speed, sometimes his versatility in the attack and, and kind of his lack of defending is the only thing that really worries me. Um, but capable enough to really take on guys in CONCACAF, yes, for sure. You know, he's playing Champions League games for... Uh, no, he's actually playing Europa League games, right, for Galatasaray. So, you know, he's in he's in continental competition with, with his Turkish club. Um, we forget he's only 28 years old still. I, I feel like Yedlin's so much older than he is. But obviously, he has kind of stuck out in Greg's mind over more. Whether that continues to be the case or not, we'll have to see. It wouldn't surprise me if Shaq Moore did get kind of called in every once in a while throughout this process just to kind of keep him in the fold. Um, but yeah, Yedlin obviously has the edge. Dest, he'll be the starter. I don't think we need to say much there. He is still retaining his starting position at Barcelona, even though Emerson has been brought into the cup club from Real Betis. And, you know, he, there was a little concern there for me, but Dest has kept his starting job so far. We'll see if that continues. And with how this roster was put together, I do expect Dest to be playing on the right side, which if he didn't, I'd be really surprised. But that's what I do expect from looking at this roster. So thank you very much, Greg. I think 
I think that's a, a good decision. When it comes to Cannon, okay, there are rumors that he is trying to get a move away from from his club in Portugal, right? Uh, from Boa Vista. So if that is the case, then you would expect him not to be on this roster because he is going through the transfer uh, process, hopefully, to go somewhere else. Now, I say that word hopefully because I do want him to leave Boa Vista. Um, I think Cannon is much better than than a Portuguese club that is struggling to stay in the first division and getting stomped by big opponents. You know, there's been a lot of interest from, I guess, France. Lots of different clubs in France have been interested in him. And even there's been some interest from some teams in England. So either way, I, I think the best case for him would be get out of there, go to somewhere that plays at a more consistent high level because I think Cannon's better than that. So if you guys are kind of wondering, hey, where is Reggie Cannon? Like I was, um, that is probably the reasoning behind why he is not on this roster, which is understandable. And, you know, I would like to give uh, those guys as much time as they need to find moves if that's what they're seeking. Um, because when it comes down to it, man, they them getting moves and getting on better teams is the best thing for the U.S. moving forward. Um, that can only grow the talent pool. Other guys that I think you could have seen it right back, obviously Julian Araujo was called into this camp, but he declined. That's what's being reported, I guess, though. Whether that is true or not, um, that's just what the reports say. And that is a little disappointing to hear. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't think that Araujo has the desire to play for the U.S. like Ricardo Pepe, who we'll talk about in a minute, does. And as much as that sucks, um, that's got to be his decision. And if he's going to make the decision, he's got to stand hard behind it. So it wouldn't surprise me to see another dual na- Mexican dual national go with Mexico here. Uh, but, if, hey, if we're going to get Ricardo Pepe out of it, I guess you know one for three <laughs> isn't terrible. Obviously, you would like to do better than that. But getting one, I think, is a step in the right direction at least. Other right backs, you know, possible right backs, I guess you could say. Brian Reynolds, I think he is not quite ready for this level. Same with the guys like Kyle Duncan and Aaron Herrera uh, from New York and New York Red Bulls and uh, Real Salt Lake. So there is a good, there's good depth. There's really good depth at that right back position overall, I think. The correct two were called in if Cannon couldn't come in. And, you know, I'm fine with Yedlin in the long run. So, all right, let's talk about left back. This is where I I don't know if disappointed is the right word, but I am a little disappointed with the left back situation. Uh, Anthony Robinson gets called in. I'm not disappointed about that. That one, that one's fine with me. Uh, he's playing at Fulham. I'm pretty happy with how he's doing. He even scored the other day for Fulham. I think he's been getting assists and he's been playing really well in the championship. I think that that level for him is excellent right now, and I think maybe he'll catch the eye of someone bigger if he continues to perform well and grow at the rate he's growing. Only 24 years old, you know, no no means is he like a young gun anymore, but he will be entering the prime of his career. So if he can keep stepping it up as he enters that prime and someone big wants to bring him on board and he plays really well for them, that would be awesome. Um, you know, because I think he can play for a better club, a little higher club, you know, he used to be in that Everton system. I think he could reach that level, that type of club again. Uh, but, hey, if he's dominating in the championship, uh, that that's pretty good, uh, I would say. 
The other left back called in was George Bellow. Now, obviously, I don't, I didn't want to see George Bellow really. Um, he didn't impress me that much in in the Gold Cup. I mean, he impressed me more than I thought he would, but not enough over Sam Vines in my book. Uh, but with with Sam Vines moving to Royal Antwerp in in Belgium, I think that Greg was like, okay, you're still getting settled in here. We're not really gonna call you into this one. Uh, you just figure out your situation here, and and uh, we'll call it good. And which I'm fine with, but at the same time, you know, World Cup qualifiers. It's it's not we're not screwing around anymore. It's time to it's time to go. You know, it's it's really time to go here. So. We'll see. Uh, the only other left back, really, that you could have think about calling in here is Jonathan Gomez. But I don't think Greg's going to do that. I mean, just because he plays at Louisville City, I think, is the biggest reason. Um, but, hey, I think it's a guy to keep in mind because he is going to be really good if he continues to grow. Only 17. Left backs, not super happy with it, but it, it's good enough for this first couple games. Hopefully, Bello, if he does play, um, he he looks good and, and plays up to a strong level because you know I th- could see him playing maybe in Honduras and and that's a tough environment so we'll have to see how he does. Um, when it comes to the center backs, we called in six I guess you could say center backs, but it kind of feels like maybe one of these guys will be used as more of a well one of them will be used to cover the left side at left back at 33 years old and the other one can also play the cdm position so uh when it comes down to the center backs i am fairly happy with them uh tim ream from fulham john anthony brooks from Wolfsburg in germany uh walker zimmerman from nashville that'll be cool to have him in nashville in front of his home fans potentially against canada miles robinson from atlanta united mark mckenzie from genk in belgium and james sands from nycfc and that's the guy i think will probably He'll probably be more classified as a CDM more than anything because when we look at the midfield, there's not necessarily a backup CDM behind Tyler Adams. So they classified him as a defender. I could see him more as a six, though. So we'll see how that goes, though, if he he gets in at all um, and and kind of plays a little bit. So, you know, Tim Ream, I don't know why he's on this roster. I really can't figure out why Berhalter continues to call him in there's younger center backs that I think are more athletic than him. They're younger in age. Uh, obviously they are still playing at decent levels that I would much rather see called in. I continue to wonder, you know, if Aaron long was healthy, would someone like Tim Ream be called in? I don't know, but when it comes down to guys that definitely could have been called in over him, I mean, you got to, look at guys like Chris Richards for sure. I mean, how, you know, how does you, how do you not call in a guy like Chris Richards? He has been playing a little bit for Bayern. That's, I don't know. I just feel like it's super important. If, even if I don't think he's ready to start besides John, uh, next to John Anthony Brooks, you still got to call him in here. I know he's maybe dealing with a potential move away, but I think it's too important to not have him in this group at least. And even like Cameron Carter-Vickers and Eric Palmer-Brown, I'd much rather have them in this group just based on the fact that they're younger. (laughs) They have more room to grow. They have more room to be with the national team for a longer period of time. I just don't know what bringing in Tim Ream really does for this group. Uh, you, You can say veteran experience, that's great, but who actually 
who cares? <laughs> I don't care that much about that. Um, it's, it's just not that important to me, I guess. Uh, but Hey, I, I've kind of been against Tim Ream for a little bit now. And, and you guys know that, I mean, I'd even call in like Henry Kessler or Justin Glad or someone like that before <laughs> Tim Ream, but Hey, whatever. Um, I just mostly hope he's there as, as a backup and doesn't really play. Cause I don't, I just don't see what he brings to this team, you know? I, I just don't. So, anyways, let's stop bragging on that. John Brooks, uh, obviously going to be the starter here. Who will he pair up with, though? That's the real question. We have, obviously, three strong candidates. Walker Zimmerman, Miles Robinson, Mark McKenzie. I think any of those three guys could pair with him. We've seen Miles Robinson paired with both Walker Zimmerman and James Sands in the Gold Cup, and then we saw McKenzie and John Brooks pair together in the Nations League. And I'm sure that we could see that again with Mark McKenzie. I'm sure that Walker Zimmerman could pair with John Brooks. But when it comes down to who I would personally like to see, I'd have to go with Miles Robinson next to John Brooks. I think they will complement each other the best out of everyone. Um, And maybe even having a guy like McKenzie next to him would do well uh, to kind of, kind of pair with John Brooks. I'm not so sure Zimmerman and John together. I think maybe their game's a little too similar as far as their distribution skills, their lack of pace, but pretty good, um, you know, defenders when it comes to having to make that, that decision to get the ball away. So I feel like the best path here is going to be Robinson and Brooks and then seeing, Zimmerman and McKenzie paired together, uh, maybe against, you know, Honduras or something like that, because there will be rotation in the squad. I just wonder how much of it there will be. Like, I don't expect Anthony, I don't expect John Anthony Brooks to start all three of the games. If he did, that would kind of worry me, uh, because that's just a lot of game time. And plus, he's going to be in Champions League with Wolfsburg. He's going to be playing in the DFB Pokals with them. He's going to be obviously just in regular Bundesliga. So that's a lot of minutes over the winter that I don't know if you want to additionally rack on to him when you can have some of these other guys that, that can step up and, and, and play at a high level against some lesser competition when it comes to uh, some of the teams in CONCACAF. If James Sand starts in the back, I will be surprised um, because I feel like he would be best suited with the other center backs that have been brought in. He'd kind of be best suited to play that CDM position behind Tyler Adams but if he did start a center back, maybe, you know, I wouldn't hate it. Uh, we obviously saw him and Robinson together is a fine combination. I think maybe him and him and McKenzie would be okay too. So we'll just see uh, what they decide with center backs. But overall, besides Tim Ream, <laughs> a strong group. Chris Richards obviously snubbed, but, you know, if he is dealing with a transfer situation like Reggie Cannon potentially is as well, that would... Uh, be the reason why. Uh, and another guy I didn't even mention, which I feel bad about not mentioning, was Matt Miazga. But Matt Miazga just moved to Spain, to Alaves, I think is how you say it. And he is probably still getting over there and trying to figure out what's going on with with his new team. So wouldn't really be the most ideal time for him to jet set over to uh, El Salvador and try and figure out what is what's going on with the national team. So, you know, it uh, it, it, it makes sense. But I do think if guys like Miazga and 
Richards were not dealing with transfer situations, they'd be in this roster over someone like Tim Ream, maybe even James Sands. And if Aaron Long was healthy, he would definitely be in this roster. I, I wish he was healthy because that's the guy I would pair next to Anthony Brooks every single time. So it's unfortunate that he's injured. All right, let's talk about the midfielders. Let's start with the six, and we'll go to these eights. Honestly, I, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if there's a backup six, so that's why I continue to talk about Sands. So Tyler Adams, in my opinion, is is the only like. Well, I don't know. I guess you could say Acosta is too, but I'll more say he's an eight based on what Burhalter wants to do. Um, so if Adams played the six uh, and Sands backed him up, that'd be pretty cool. If Adams played the six and then Acosta backed him up, that would also be fine. Like, there is that versatility with some of these guys. And that is kind of the nice thing about this roster. But when we talk about the midfield and we talk about these eights, I just don't see a lot of creativity with these eights. Uh, Not a lot of ability to really get that ball moving around in the midfield. So let's talk about them. Like I said, Tyler Adams from Leipzig called in for the CDM in all likelihood. Uh, But Kellen Acosta from the Colorado Rapids. Uh, Gold Cup Hero called in. Sebastian Legette from the LA Galaxy called in. Christian Roldan from the Seattle Sounders called in. And Weston McKinney from Juventus, who's actually being like kind of shopped around maybe to different places, is also been called in here. The if he gets a move though, it's I'd be surprised. It doesn't it doesn't feel likely that he's going anywhere. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, these eights, I just don't see the creativity here. Obviously. We have the athleticism. Obviously, we have a lot of fight in these uh, in these eights positions. But where is the creativity, the passing ability? You know, I mean, Weston is not necessarily the guy that I would say is the most creative player. He's uh, good at destroying stuff and winning balls back, and he works really hard. And I love that about Weston. That's that's why he's one of my favorite players. But when it comes down to like who's going to be a creative guy, is it going to be Legit? I don't think so, personally. It's it's not going to be Acosta. And Roldan, he's hardly even played in the midfield when he's been with the U.S. Like, he was out on the right wing. So if they bring him and put him on the right wing again, that's that's going to be insane. So will we see Reyna get pushed more centrally? Will we see Aronson bring, be brought in more centrally? Uh, you know, does Pulisic maybe even play more centrally we could see some of these guys that normally play on the wing playing a little more centrally because the midfield just isn't very i think again i've been saying this since the gold cup it's one of our weakest points of the field and it sucks but it is so you know there's a lot of guys that didn't even get called in here to that could play these eights that i'm i'm a little sad didn't get call-ins eric williamson he's much more versatile as far as his passing range and his ability to create on the ball julian green uh same thing i think he brings just as much experience as any of these guys to the table when we talk about Roldan and legit but he has more skill georgie mahalovich even i think is a more creative player than guys like Roldan and legit like he's really tearing it up for montreal this year he's got a lot of assists he is looking really good in that team why wouldn't we bring someone like Paxton Pomacall? Would he be a playmaker? I mean, he could be. Uh, obviously, he might be dealing with lingering injuries, and he's kind of fell, fallen out of favor, obviously, with the U.S. Caden Clark, 
is on this list. Uh, Luca De La Torre is on this list of guys that are more creative. You know, it just it just kind of sucks that, you know, I, I want to be positive about this, but it does kind of suck that it just seems like Greg has his guys and he just wants to go with his guys. He doesn't really want to go outside of his comfort zone and bring in a more creative midfield that's going to maybe make the soccer a little more open as far as the defense goes, but will make us a more dangerous attacking threat moving up the field. And I that's that's the honest truth, I think, because when you continue to bring in guys like Rodon and Legette and even Acosta, who I really, I really like Acosta, don't get me wrong, but when you continue to bring those guys in, you're just not showing me you want to be creative in the midfield or progressive through the middle. And if that's the case, that's fine. Like, Berhalter's going to do what Berhalter's going to do. He's got to get his best strategy out there. But it just sucks that there's all these guys that we're not really getting to utilize that are in the pool. And that's one of the few things that I have been frustrated with. So, you know, we will give credit, though, to Berhalter. He did not call in Jackson Ewell. (laughs) Sorry, Uh, but that's a big win. I just don't think... I just don't think that he needs to be called in for a long time. Um, and other guys that maybe could have gotten call-ins that we haven't talked about yet. Um, obviously, Yunus Musa, he's been dealing with a injury, unfortunately, though, at Valencia. I think he just got back into first-team training. Richie Ledesma, I would love to see Ledesma called in. He is just coming back off of injury, and I think that he is... Well, I don't know if he's like fully recovered, obviously, but he's getting back to uh, a good point where I think he could be helpful once again so there's a lot of guys that you know potentially could have been called in besides rolled on <laughs> for sure legit but hey that's Berhalter's guys right like we know how he likes to do things with his group as he would say I mean he doesn't use that phrase as much as he used to but the midfield is for me it's disappointing but you know what are you gonna do it's uh it is what it is at this point so let's talk about these forward players. Let's talk about the wings, and we'll then we'll go with the strike, the strikers, which there's a couple of them. So on wing, we got Christian Plissick from Chelsea, Timmy Weah from Lille, Giovanni Reina, future Real Madrid player from Borussia Dortmund, uh, Brendan Aronson from RB Salzburg, who's killing it, by the way, and Conrad De La Fuente, who's also killing it at Marseille. This is a good group. Like, this is exactly who we wanted to see, right? All five of those names, I think, were guys that I would have called in if it were up to me. Um, Obviously, when we talk about some guys that could have been called in but weren't when it comes to the wing position, you look at Paul Areola. I don't think he was going to be called in, though. He's carrying injury anyways. Matthew Hoppe, potentially. I think there were reports that he wanted to be called in, but or Greg wanted to bring him in, but he's actually been dealing with an injury, so unfortunately that's not going to happen. And then, you know, more French guys, you could say Chris Mueller, Tyler Boyd, uh, players like that, Ulianes. Unfortunately, we didn't see any of those guys, but I don't think that I will really care <laughs> because these five guys are, are the five guys uh, moving forward throughout this process, in my opinion. They're the best five wingers that we have on their roster Lots of them can also come in centrally and play centrally. Some of them can even play maybe a a striker in a desperate moment. Uh, You know, when it comes to Pulisic and his COVID situation, I don't know if he'll be there for the first game or be available, I guess I should say, for the first game. 
So we probably would expect him to be available for the Canada game. At worst, he might be out until the Honduras game, which doesn't have me super worried with the other names we've called in here on the attack. So for the most part, if Pulisic is out for a little bit, then I think we're okay. Um, but hopefully he gets back in as soon as possible. Timmy Weah, uh, very happy he's called in. Like I've said many times, one of my favorite players. Uh, one of the players that I think could have a high ceiling if he would you know, stop being injured and and play to a, his best abilities. I think he could have a huge ceiling. Reyna's been killing it for Dortmund. That was a no-brainer. He's, he's like almost becoming one of our best players, um, and he's only 18 years old. Brennan Aronson killing at Salzburg. I don't think he'll be there for much longer. And then Conrad, I think a lot of people are like, you got to bring him in. He's been doing so good in France. And I think Greg realized uh, that was what he needed to do. So he made the right decision with that one, I think. Um, will he play very much? I mean, he could if Pulisic isn't in there too often. He could actually play to start up against uh, El Salvador, which would we be that mad about that? I, I don't know if I would. You know, I, d- I did have doubt in Conrad before his move to Marseille. But now that we've got to see him play more often and, and at a decent level, a de- well, I should say a high level, um, sorry. I should say a high level because it is a high level. It's the French League, sure, which that's still a high level. It's Marseille. That's a high level. So uh, I, I shouldn't disrespect the French League too much. But once he gets more regular play time, I think that's when he will you know, show through better. That was the problem with Barcelona. They weren't giving him chances, and he was just kind of stuck in the B team. And that's really not that impressive. Like, because what, he was playing like in the third, are they in the third or fourth division? Like, they're not even in a good division in Spain. And sure, he was playing well and he was looking good, but it only, you can only take so much away from, from that situation. So now that he's in a better situation against higher level competition, you can see that he actually is a good player. And uh, once we've all seen that, I think that kind of helped me be like, oh, yeah, Conrad, you know, that's why a lot of people hold him in high regard, um, even when I didn't there for a little bit. So wingers, excellent starters at wingers. It went, If Pulisic's healthy and he's good to go, I'd go with him and Reyna on the other side. If Reyna was to play centrally, which I am becoming more and more uh, – you know, fuzzy to that idea, then Timmy Weah on the other wing would be the way I would go with Aronson and, and Conrad backing up. You know, that that would probably be okay, um, I think. Well, it'd be more than okay. I mean, that'd be good. <laughs> so let's talk about the strikers to kind of finish out this roster here. It's It's kind of an interesting group, actually. I was a little surprised, I think, but at the same time, I'm pretty happy with this, this striker setup. Uh, we got Josh Sargent, Jordan uh, Pifok Sibachu, which I like. They're listing him as Pifok on all their roster releases, and he's wearing Pifok. And I think that's because of his, like, that's the American tie he has, if I'm not mistaken. Now, whether it's his, I think it's his mother. But if that's what he wants to go with, then uh, we'll have to start going with that as well. Folk. That's kind of cool too that he would go with like the American name tie to representing the U.S. Um, big, big, uh, kind of like it's a small gesture, but it's a cool gesture. Hopefully, he's good to go too because I guess he's been dealing with back problems, 
with young boys. So we'll see. And then Ricardo Pepe from FC Dallas, who has been playing really well. The highest American, well, is he the highest American scorer anymore? I don't know. CJ Sapong's been killing it. But one of the highest American scorers in MLS, uh, playing really well at Dallas. He's actually like holding a DP. He, he's putting a DP on the bench to play that striker position for Dallas. Uh, even was really good in the All-Star game last night. You know, put away his penalty, did well in the skills challenge. And there's a big debate, like, oh, is he now picking the U.S.? Now, just because he got called into this camp doesn't mean that he has chosen the U.S. It doesn't It doesn't really mean anything, honestly. It doesn't mean anything until we see him on the field in the U.S. jersey playing in the competitive game. That's when you can say, okay, he has chosen the U.S., the comments that he's made and that Burhalter have made since the selection do kind of hint towards the fact that he has chosen the U.S. It seems like, you know, the U.S. has been invested in him from the beginning. He's been a part of the youth setup. He's played a lot of youth. Uh, he's played with a lot. He's played a lot with the youth setup. Jeez, if I can get that out correctly. And there's been an investment from us into him. And it kind of seems like Mexico is late to the party. Mexico has kind of more recently started to notice what Pepe's doing. And it's just like what they did with Ochoa. It's just like probably what they're doing with Araujo. They didn't care that much about these players until they started to become higher level guys that possibly could have big ceilings and uh, play for their national teams. And then Mexico was like, oh, well, will you can play for us. Why don't you come play for us? And it worked with David Ochoa because I think Ochoa didn't really see a path to play with the U.S. right away, which is unfortunate. It's probably going to work with Julian Araujo for the same reasons. But when it comes to Ricardo Pepe, you know, the incentive there isn't as great from from Mexico because our U.S. striker pool is pretty weak. And maybe Pepe sees the chance to get in there and, and be a big-time player. Look, the kid's 18. Um, it's a big decision to make at such a young age, but I do feel like, like I, I've said this with, with Araujo, if you're going to be, like if you know what you want to do, you're just going to do it. And you, when you're 18, I yeah, that is a young age, and there's a lot of life to be lived um, to that point like after, but you still kind of have an idea of what you're going to do. I think we're starting to see that Araujo knows that he doesn't really want to play with the U.S., and whether that's been a, a feeling of his for a while or not, I don't know. But I do feel like Pepe is kind of leaning more towards the U.S., which it's cool. Like I like going over those dual nationals. Getting the Mexican-American into our team would be awesome, um, and he's he's got a high ceiling. If he continues to develop at at a high level, then it's all the better for us, right? Uh, it's it's kind of interesting too because he's got all this interest from from Europe lately. I guess Bologna's been really chasing him, which would be cool. You know, they're in Italy. That'd be fun to see him there. Uh, but you know, if if he doesn't play in any of these three games, he can still represent Mexico. So let's all keep that in mind. Like just because he's been named with the roster doesn't mean that he's made his decision. So we'll just have to see. Uh, but he, you know, if he gets if he runs on that field and he goes with the U.S., then I'm all the happier for it. So we'll, we'll have to see how it goes. But, you know, there were some guys in the striker pool that I think maybe you left out here. Uh, obviously, we already talked a little, about, a little bit about Hoppy. 
he could also play the striker, even though we talked about him at winger. So, you know, he's been dealing with an injury. Uh, Jawakini, he's a natural striker. He wasn't included here. That's probably okay. Uh, if you know, if you're pursuing Hoppy, or excuse me, if you're pursuing Pepe and you want to bring Pepe in, then I I understand that. If if Berhalter likes what uh, Pifok is doing with with young boys in Switzerland, then that's cool. So I'm not I'm not too concerned about Jawakini not being called in. DK's got an injury. He messed up his shoulder uh, during the Gold Cup, and I don't think he's really even played for Orlando since then, if I'm not wrong. Jossie's artist, he got, I think he got a knee injury or a leg injury of some sort. And I think he was going to be included in this group. Uh, I kind of feel like Sibachu, well, Pafok, sorry, was was called in instead of, of Zardis here. And, you know, I think this this should be verification that Josie Altador is not, not anywhere near this group. So that should be, <laughs> I, I think, promising when it's all said and done. Um, other guys, you know, Soto, who's playing with Porto B, uh, could have been included. Mason Toy could have been included. Jeremy Abovese could have been included. You know, there's guys out there, but I think that this is a good group. All, all in all, with the exception of Tim Ream and Christian Roldan, um, this is a good group. Uh, there's a lot of experience in certain positions. There's a lot of youth in certain positions. Like, it's a good mix in that sense. And really, it kind of feels like a lot of these guys could be going to Qatar once 2022, uh, yeah, 2022 rolls around. I mean, there's a lot of names on here that look to be mainstays moving forward. So we'll have to see how this goes against El Salvador. I didn't really say a, a starting striker, so I'd go with Josh Sargent. That would probably, I mean, I'm not too convinced about any striker right now. But if Josh Sargent can play the way I know he can play, then he's going to be really good. But that's the problem. He just hasn't been playing the way that he... Like, he hasn't been playing up to his full potential, for sure, when he's in that U.S. men's national team uniform. So that would be my starter, but we'll we'll see. Um, overall, this roster is good, though. There's only a few guys I don't love on here. Other than that, a fun roster. Um, it should be a roster that can also beat El Salvador, that can beat Honduras, that can give a real good game to Canada and most likely come out on top. Uh, whether whether we take all nine points from these first three games or not, you know, I don't know if that's the most important thing. I think the most important thing is going to be not losing to Canada at home to start off with and beating El Salvador on the road. Like, if that's if we start with those two games on high notes with wins going to Honduras to a very hostile environment to a very tough place to play historically the U.S. doesn't do well in going to those Central American teams on the road and performing that well but if you get off to that good start in those first two games then maybe you just ride that momentum wave into Honduras and you come away with another win there and you take all nine points and and you pack up your bags and and head to the to the next window uh, in October, and you know you host Jamaica, you play Panama on the road, and you and you host Costa Rica. Now we're talking, man. Like you're really, really talking at this point that the U.S. has maybe an opening six games uh, winning. You know we're, we're, we won't predict it too early, but that would be an ideal way to start 
after that, you get Mexico at home, Jamaica on the road. Things are starting to line up pretty nicely um, as far as as qualifying for the World Cup because that's the big goal, right? Like this group has to qualify. There's no there's no excuses anymore. It's it's qualify or there will be serious turmoil <laughs> from everybody. Um, but hey, I fully expect a group like this to be able to at least get seven points through these three games. That's that's not really unlikely in my opinion, right? Like seven points is doable in three games. We'll talk more in depth about the next three games coming up on, on next week's show. But for now, dude, this is this is a good roster. Um, and we'll talk about starting 11 real quick before we go. So starting 11, um, if it were me, Matt Turner and goal, John Brooks and Miles Robinson at center backs, Dest and Anthony Robinson on the right and left side. Midfield three of Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, and Gio Reyna. I I put Gio Reyna in midfield. Let's do it. And then a front three of Sargent up top at striker, wingers of Timmy Weah and Christian Pulisic. That'd be my starting 11, but... That's not necessarily what Greg will go with. I think that Greg will go with Stefan in goal, uh, McKenzie and Brooks at center backs, Dest on the right side, Robinson on the left side, uh, midfield three, Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, Sebastian Legette, uh, striker Joe, Joe, uh, what? Joe? <laughs> Josh Sargent, not Joe Sargent, and wingers of well, assuming Pulisic is probably out for the first game. I didn't even think about that. He'll probably go with Aronson and Reyna on the wings. He could even put Conrad on one wing. I don't know. We'll see, actually. That would be interesting to see what Greg does without Pulisic. Uh, but I'll say Aronson and Reyna. That would make probably the most sense from Greg uh, when we've just kind of seen what he's done over over his time with the team. So we'll see, man. It could be super pragmatic, pragmatic in midfield, and, and that could hurt us so i'm hoping that the midfield gets a little more creative as the uh (laughs) as the tournament goes on and uh real quickly i just had this thought like i wonder what luca de la torre is thinking he uh turns down that gold cup offer to focus on spending time with his club and says that's going to be the most important thing to convince greg to uh convince greg that he deserves to play and all this stuff yet he is not even called into this roster when we don't have a creative midfield, really. And he could be a little more creative in the midfield. And, you know, if he would have taken that Gold Cup call-up, would he have impressed the fans and Greg enough to secure a spot on this roster like Miles Robinson did, like Matt Turner did? Obviously, Bello did enough to get a spot on this roster. Kellen Acosta, Christian Roldan. Uh, you know, guys like that, would he have done enough to secure a spot? Um, maybe he would have. Maybe he would have. Or maybe he wouldn't have changed anything. So I just wonder, you know, when it comes to guys like that, what what is their mindset after seeing this roster? Because I'm sure they might be a little disappointed when it's all said and done. So, all right, uh, we're going to get out of here. A little shorter show than normal, but that's okay. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed the roster like I said, for the most part, I, I enjoy the roster. It's it's an A-minus roster in my book, and uh, I think we can win games with this one. So uh, we will look forward to the games next weekend on, uh, excuse me, next week on next week's show. And then 
what? <laughs> we will look forward to the games on next week's show. And then obviously we'll have a post breakdown show of every game um, after it's played. Those episodes will be out the day after. And this is the real deal, guys. World Cup qualifiers are here. The journey starts, what, in a couple days, <laughs> right? It, it is for real now. Like, we are not playing around anymore. You know, this isn't Nations League. This isn't Gold Cup. This is the big trophy. This is the one you want to go after. So, all right, you guys have a good rest of your day. Peace out. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Electric Sports Talk. Join us in future episodes as we discuss all things U.S. soccer, collegiate sports, mixed martial arts, motorsports, the NFL, MLB, and the Olympics. If you enjoy our content, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, or shoot us an email to electricsportstalk at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and subscribe. Thanks for listening. <laughs>